Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Niche on Niche. It's been a minute. Uh, we took a, a weekend hiatus to um, regroup, to enjoy honeymoons, and honestly, we just couldn't find a guest. So um, <laughs> we are back once again. Thank you again for listening. Please we really do appreciate it. Uh, we do appreciate all the listens. I think um, a lot of the late ones have been hitting in the 30s, which is great. Mm -hmm. And we do appreciate it for you continuing to be a part of our community and our group. But once again, my name is Shane. I'm Rachel. I'm Derek. And we are Niche on Niche. And today um, we got a lot of things going on. We got a lot of things to uh, discuss and, and talk about. Um, but before we get started, Rachel and Derek, married couple now, before hey. it used to be Woo! not married or engaged during this uh, whole uh, time. But how is it? How is, how is being married? How is the whole experience of the wedding? Um, living now in Derek's childhood home together? Like, what, what does all that feel like? Dude, honestly, it's still so weird. It's kind of crazy because, like, it feels similar at times because we spend a lot of time here anyways. But now, at the end of the night, we don't have to say goodbye. Nope. And it's still so weird to me every single day. Um, I, it, I feel like it won't feel real to me for a while. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's pretty surreal so far. We are nearing almost two weeks of being married. Mm -hmm. um, not quite there yet. But I think us taking that trip um, after our wedding, doing our staycation in Windsor, mm -hmm. that in itself was a really interesting thing because, I mean, I took a couple of days off from student teaching, but Derek still had like his classes yeah. and I was still doing a lot of work too. So it was like, we're just in a different place with really comfy beds and couches <laughs> and we ate all of the foods that we wanted to eat but yeah. like our lifestyle was pretty much the same because yeah. we're still doing the same things <laughs> and even now like um so we set up my room or my desk in here and then we set up her desk in my old room and so basically all day we're in our own separate rooms in class and she's teaching. And I mean, now I can hear her teaching. So that's kind of fun. And then we'll eat lunch together and then we'll go back into our res respective rooms until the evening. So as of now, it just feels like business as usual. And then the end of the night, we're like, whoa, what are you still doing here? He's like, oh, I don't need to call you anymore. <laughs> yeah, that was another thing because we had called each other every single day of our entire relationship for the mm -hmm. past eight years. So we're like, wow, we haven't had a phone call in a long time. Yep. So that's been weird, definitely. Yeah, I'm sure. And especially just living at your own house. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just, it's like you're just, you know, bringing someone else into, you know, yeah. the family and, and all that. Is, has there, is there any crazy stories that happened in so far in your two weeks of uh, married life? Let me tell you. <laughs> this is a couple nights ago. So it's still very fresh in my brain. So I'm a light sleeper. Um, have been for as long as I can remember. It just really sucks sometimes. So a couple nights ago, I hear a knocking on the door. So I'm like, what? Knock, 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 huh? And then I hear ding dong. I'm like, what the heck is this? And then I waited out a little bit. And then again, I hear ding dong, knock, knock, knock. And I'm like freaked out at this point because it's really dark. And then I check my phone and it's four o'clock in the morning. And that creeps me out even more. And thankfully, by that second doorbell, Derek is awake. And I was like, Derek, someone's at the door. <laughs> and Derek's like, oh, someone's just trying to sell you something. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, at four in the morning? <laughs> Are you kidding me? He's like what just wait just wait for it. i was like but they rang the doorbell twice so at four in the morning we hear knocking and ringing on the doorbell and i'm freaked out at this point so i tell derek to go check it out and i have 911 dialed at the ready just in case something goes wrong and then what did you see when you went out so i look out the window and i see like orange and reddish kind of flashing lights i'm like oh my gosh is there a fire um, and then I look closer, I look from the side and there are literally like seven, eight police cars outside all with their lights on around this house. That's like in across the street and to the left. Um, 
but they're all empty and there's no one else outside and I'm so confused. Um, I open the door and I take a look outside and I see one police officer and a woman like walk into a house and then that was it. And the whole street was empty, but the, the police cars were still there for like another hour. Well, a couple hours actually. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when we checked our security footage, like the police cars and everything had gotten there at like three in the morning yeah. and then they all cleared up by six. Mm. And again, no one had heard anything except for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and my parents and my, yeah, my parents are both still asleep and neither no of them idea. heard anything. <laughs> no idea. So I was wondering like, what if this happens like all the time in my house and we just never noticed nope. that we wouldn't have if Rachel nope. was near her? Well, that's crazy. I mean, I guess it's a good thing that your house is swarmed with security cameras. Yeah, you would think, but it was pretty useless because when we tried to check the footage, you could barely see anything. Yeah, we were trying to see who no knocked on the door. You couldn't see who knocked on the door. Yeah. Like, it didn't pick that up. Yeah. Oh, well, that's uh, unfortunate. Maybe we'll not Maybe we'll cut this part out just in case anyone wants to break into your house. And, <laughs> I mean, the uh, camera... Were, well, I mean, we did update the camera, so... Yeah. Oh, then... So we, we did find out what happened, though, because someone posted on, like, the neighborhood app or whatever a couple days later. Apparently, someone was screaming that they were shot. And so someone else called called the cops or called 911, and then an ambulance came, um, picked them up. They went to the hospital, and then the cops came. Um, and then I think they were kind of surveying the area and trying to get statements from people. Yeah. So we're assuming the knock and knocking was from that. but Yeah, but we don't really know. Whoa, that is that is just wild. I yeah. bet Rachel's like, let's just move back to Sunnyvale. Yeah. <laughs> At that point. She's and I'm like, telling you, Derek always gave me like he said a lot of stuff about like, oh, your your neighborhood can be ghetto sometimes. Like, it doesn't look safe. And I was like, buddy, I ain't ever seen seven cops, <laughs> seven cars, you know, walking around my neighborhood like that. <laughs> But besides all of this um, newly wet talk, we do want to introduce the guest that we do have today. He is our first uh, re, not a repeat, re um, returning visitor, a returning visitor, recurring, recurring, recurring visitor. Mm. Our Papa Bear sometimes, <laughs> a big brother to some, to me, my manatee. We have our James Kwan. Hey, what's up, guys? You know, when I said I don't care how you introduce me, I had forgotten about that manatee. <laughs> I deeply regret giving you that option. <laughs> That's why I asked. <laughs> well, we're so happy to have you back, James. How have you been doing since the last time we've spoken to you here? Good. I mean... You know, I saw you guys get married, so that's mm. probably the highlight of my entire year Aww. since I watched Derek's sister and John get married. So, <laughs> uh, you know, book ended that horrible summer with mm. two weddings on each side, Ooh. and then hopefully that means COVID's over, right? Uh, I, <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know, man. No? They canceled Halloween, so... <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for for being here. Um, we wanted to to bring you in as the first, um, as part of kind of like a series. I don't know. We we kind of had the idea that we want to start diving into different groups in our church. Um, it was actually brought up to us by Charles, but basically, we kind of want to dive into different groups and niches in our own church. Um, whether that's like a bilingual group or, or a different small group or different Sabbath school, um, different ministries that may be going on. And we wanted to start with you because um, we've been talking about your Sabbath school a lot. Your Sabbath school, um, the Change My Mind class has really been what, I mean, sparked our podcast, our motivation to do this, our motivation to have these kind of discussions in general. Um, and so I kind of wanted to start with just asking you um, what, what is our Sabbath school? Um, what, what's your little pitch for our Sabbath school? And, and kind of what inspired you to even start this idea at all? Um, so as you guys know, the format changed slightly after we had to go virtual, right? But initially, uh, the class is called Change My Mind, right? 
kind of after you know that uh that meme where uh people post ridiculous things onto their cardboard sign mm-hmm. and they sit by the sidewalk waiting for people to change their mind right um so you know i the idea was for me to be either a devil's advocate or just an advocate for a certain line of thought and to see if i can get people to you know really discuss it like in depth and passionately whatever it may be i mean it could have been like you know uh tostada or mexican pizza right and <laughs> I, I could have said you know tostada is better than mexican pizza changed my mind or you know shake shack or in and out you know i think in and out's better by yes. whatever whatever margin i think it is right changed my mind and that would give us a like a springboard to discuss thoroughly that topic but um you know it was harder to do that online because you can't you know decipher multiple people talking online as well as you can um, mm-hmm. in person and you know for that kind of class to work you really need more like a quicker engagement right mm-hmm. so i think we kind of shuffled that into kind of the next part um, what i wanted to do was just you know have a try to have the discussion without that prompt right and just mm-hmm. ask questions and have it be a place where you know people can sound dumb if they like feel silly you know maybe say something that they wouldn't necessarily say to the church at large or community at large and you know really delve into issues um i know one of the first change my mind topics was um premarital sex right mm. so i don't know how pg this uh this podcast mm-hmm. is um i guess we'll find out when we get canceled right uh, <laughs> but you know the the whole intent was you know i put up a prompt like you know i don't think it's so bad you guys mm. tell me what's up with it right and um you know, that was while we were live and, uh, you know, it gathers some interesting, interesting responses and some like, you know, maybe, you know, retread tried and true responses. And so, you know, that's kind of what we're trying to do in Sabbath school is, um, you know, talk about what's happening, things that are relevant um, from the point of view of a Christian um, and like, you know, not a new Christian. Like if a new Christian comes, I think it'd be difficult because they'd be hearing things that sound even like either too dogmatic for their years or maybe even like too um, sacrilegious, you know, blasphemous even, right? Because if they have a basic knowledge, you know, they're going to think, oh, I can't believe they can say that. But, you know, if you're a more, you know, um, uh, seasoned Christian in terms of like, you know, you've heard all the tried and true answers and now you want to kind of discuss more, you know, that's kind of what we're trying to get at is the people who are, trying to have that next step of discussion with you know armed with some you know uh biblical or you know religious knowledge um to come and have a sounding board Hmm. yeah and i think it's it's really interesting because it's definitely been um somewhere that i feel like i've grown a lot because there's been a lot of topics that I just don't know a lot about and I feel like especially towards the beginning of the year I just like felt like I couldn't partake in discussion just because everyone else seemed so knowledgeable and and they're like picking out different quotes and different experiments that people had conducted or like research and I was like wow how does everyone know these things I'm like I don't even feel like I could sit at this table right now oh yeah Um, but just listening to everyone um, being open about what they think has just kind of made it seem like it's okay to have different opinions and for me to say what I believe in even though it may not be what everyone agrees with Um, and so I feel like that really helped me with starting this podcast definitely Um, and so it's been fun for me what what about you I mean because I was gonna say from our perspective being young adults um, coming in to a group of people who we feel like are real life adults <laughs> or like full grown adults. It was definitely intimidating at first. And I'm someone that talks a lot and I'm pretty outspoken, but definitely mm. with a gr- group of people that I perceive as like, Oh, these are like actual professionals and adults. Like I was definitely intimidated mm. and I still am. I think a lot of times I can be very quiet. Mm. Um, but in that, moment of like kind of sitting back I've learned so much just in general like how many different perspectives and how many different 
life experiences people can have that can shape our opinions and our beliefs and how we can interpret things so differently. And again, not coming from a place where it's like, I'm right and you're wrong, but just having such a wonderful discussion and having conversations about things that can be controversial at times or can be really touchy for some people. Mm. And that's something that I try to have or I hope that my future classrooms can have and like that's what I want to foster in my future classrooms and it's so great to see a real life adult example of that happening so it's just it's been great so I I wanted to ask you guys because I think my understanding of your participation Mm -hmm. in the class um, obviously Rachel you're definitely point on um, when you say you know you talk you you tend to speak on things quicker and maybe more, uh, more in depth. Uh, but you know, I I think Shane points out like he's talking about how Derek was reluctant to do your podcast and how mm-hmm. somehow he's the most vociferous now. And I feel like <laughs> in class also, I feel like um, you know, he, it, I'm glad to see that you know Derek contributes you know solidly mm-hmm. in terms of like <clears throat> both you know, what he knows, but also like, you know, feeling comfortable to say like, Hey, you know, I didn't know that. Like, let's investigate it more. And I think that's really the point of the class is, uh, you know, there's a bunch of 40 year olds and then some of you guys who are younger. Right. (laughs) And I, I I think I could say it pretty confidently just because we're older doesn't mean we really know any more than you guys, to be honest, Mm -hmm. because sometimes life experience skews you the wrong way. Right. Like, you get that one wrong experience and it, it, it sends you the wrong way. So I think, um, you know, I, I feel like it's become a place where people can talk as equals, mm. but, you know, with different points of view. And, you know, uh, I actually appreciate it. Sometimes it actually gets a little heated, um, mm-hmm. but I actually really like that. Mm. Yeah. And I think I, the biggest hesitation I had always was if I don't know something, I shouldn't talk about it. But now I kind of have the understanding that, I need to say something if I don't understand it so that I can see where I'm wrong and where I can grow from it. And I feel like that has been the biggest switch for me and why I'm able to talk more. Um, so I'm kind of curious about you because obviously the class is titled Change My Mind. So has there been any topics we've talked about so far that you've actually had your mind changed or a perspective or opinion that someone has given that kind of stuck out to you and surprised you in any way? So I think the most surprising always is no matter how wrong somebody is like, mm-hmm. you know, let's say, you know, like a, just a hot button issue, like taxation, mm-hmm. right? No one wants to get taxed. Everyone wants stuff to get paid for. And, you know, it's interesting how, at least from my perspective, someone is so wrong, but the reasons why they feel like they're right are still compelling. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I can't, I can say factually you're wrong even your opinions are wrong, but why you or why and how you got to that place is not always wrong. Mm. Right. And I think trying to, that's been the deepest part of the class is trying to understand people where I, you know, I'm literally like the antithesis of everything they stand for and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And yet I can understand where they're coming from. Cause we all have those basic human emotions and experiences. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, number one, that's been the most surprising is like, oh, you know, like I vibe with you, even though, you know, like I, I if you had to point me on the street, it would be very clear. Like I, I'm a bleeding heart liberal, right? Mm-hmm. I'm as progressive as they come. Like Bernie Sanders is like, <laughs> is, is literally like uh, George W. Bush compared to me, right? <laughs> right. So if someone conservative, you know, from a political standpoint, right, you know, but I could understand where they're coming from, mm-hmm. right? And I felt like, you know, the Sabbath school in my mind has become a little bit like a slice of what public discourse should be like, right? Mm-hmm. Where you hear a person out and you can say, I disagree with, you know, X, Y, and Z about why you feel that way. But hey, brother or sister, I feel for you, like, mm-hmm. you know, that particular thing is great or that sucks or whatever um, emotion that they were you know conveying at that time so that's been the most surprising thing 
I think that's so awesome because I keep bringing in my classroom experiences, but let's be honest, my whole life right now is teaching <laughs> um, in my classroom. Um, what we're working on in our class currently is argumentation and skills revolving around argumentation. So on this virtual platform, we really encourage the students to use hand gestures um, that say like, oh, I agree with this person or I respectfully disagree with this person. And we give the students an opportunity, if they do agree with one another, explain why they agree. And if they want to add on, kind of having sentence frames that tells them where they acknowledge the other person's words or ideas. Like, oh, I agree with this person said when he or she or they said X. And we've also been talking about using I respectfully disagree with this person's idea and not necessarily I disagree with the person. So when having these discussions, it's not about the person per se, but about the ideas that are being shared. So there's a big difference between me disagreeing with what Derek is saying versus me just completely not accepting Derek as a person. Mm. So again, just this class is a huge reminder and is a great model for anyone who wants to see what good discussion and very respectful space um, with a group of adults might look like, like this is a great place to be. Mm. And I feel like, again, it just reconfirms this idea of like, I see you and I hear you. Ta-da! Mm. Or I see what you're saying and I hear what you're saying. And it's not something that I'm going to judge you for or look down on you for. Sometimes respectful. <laughs> um, or I guess I the other thing that's been nice was that you know I feel like it's kind of brought some of us closer together like Definitely. we can kind of laugh at ourselves and each other about mm-hmm. you know like I knew you were going to say that or like you know I know that like you can kind of preempt someone and be like I know you would think like this mm-hmm. and and I think I think that's been more invaluable now than it was before covid because, you know, everyone's longing for that, you know, uh, physical or that tangible social c- connect. And I feel like when the class gets going, it feels like that sometimes um, that you're, you're just connecting on all levels, um, even while you're disagreeing. So, um, yeah, that's that's been good. You know, there's been a couple of, you know, like maybe uh, not heated, but like, you know, very uh, vigorous discussions where people feel personal about the stuff they talk about right and mm-hmm. i think you know hopefully we can live up to you know what rachel is saying about you know i disagree with the the policy or the idea rather than the person um you know but obviously we sometimes we fail at that but also mm-hmm. knowing that in a class like even if you do kind of stray that way that it's the type of safe space where uh, that wasn't intentional and that mm-hmm. you know ultimately uh, you're vigorously discussing the idea, but you love the other person. Mm. Mm. I really never felt like I disliked someone after having a conversation with them in our class. Mm. You know, even if it was super heated, I never walked away like, oh my gosh, this person is the absolute worst. Or like, mm-hmm. n- it was never really like that. Um, yeah, I was going to ask that question on, you know, if there were discussions that do get heated and and what what's the aftermath of that? Because I feel like, for me, I mean, Rachel knows this. We have like very uh, heated discussions, but <laughs> on a very surface level uh, type of thing. But we know at the end, right? Like just like you guys are saying, it's it's all love, right? You you have love for that other person. Um, but you know what? I guess what for? Let's say for the people looking outside, looking in, and say they're thinking about coming into your class, but they are nervous about those situations that happen. Mm. You know, um, you know what? What's kind of your the boundaries that are set and what precautions do you take that if someone were to come in new and they're, you know, they decide to take part in these conversations and, and things do get a a little heated with people that, you know, can push people's buttons. um, How do you keep that, you know, in that space as opposed to leaking out and having those feelings kind of take over as opposed to, you know, that's just the, in the moment that, or, you know, in comparison to that person, right? Did that make sense? 
No, I think that's a pretty good question. And I, I think in person, it was more of a concern. Now online, it's just, it's hard to talk over people anyways, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like um, the the laws of Zoom have evened out that kind of behavior, I think. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it could come up again, but um, I think one of the things, you know, we try to have group agreements when we first started in terms of like how we're going to conduct, you know, this discussion. You know, we would try to write on the board, one person talk at a time, you know, let's not go into tangents. Um, you know, initially I'd say stuff like, you know, there's no, let's not have any straw man arguments or like anything where you just set up stuff just to knock it down because you're trying to prove a point. Um, you know, we'd rather have a real discussion. Um, so that, you know, that's the basic rule. And, you know, I try to follow that pretty much wherever I go, whether it's at work or whoever, you know, like uh, you, when you want to have a vigorous discussion, strong personalities can come out. And so, you know, those are the things that we kind of try to keep in place to keep everyone checked, just as a reminder, like, hey, let's take a step back. Um, so, yeah, but if someone new came, I mean, you know, we've had some guests come here and there and, you know, it's been <clears throat> pretty good. Um, I don't know if too many guests that like were outside, outside stayed um, because, you know, you come in the middle and it's not as interesting. Right. Mm. Um, but yeah, in terms of precautions and things, you know, uh, there's not just myself, but I feel like there's very mature heads in that room that will intervene. You know, um, uh, one of the biggest, uh, I guess, influences for me, you know, Pavel is mm. uh, Pavel Rutherford always uh, he'll talk to me afterwards before um, he'll try to get restart the conversation in a more positive way, you know, because really we're trying to talk about how do you feel about things and how does that affect you know what you're going to do about these things we're talking about right <clears throat> so you know he's been huge and just you know reminding me to get to that point instead of getting bogged down in like the facts even because sometimes mm-hmm. the facts don't matter as much either so yeah we, we try to one model that kind of behavior if possible um, but two you know set these ground rules which we haven't had to really do in a long time so that's been good because um, I, I feel like for most people you hop into a room you get the sense of the room and you mm-hmm. know how to behave within the room if you in, if you're not antisocial, right? So mm. um, I feel like that's been good so far. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I'm usually I'm probably the worst culprit. Uh, <laughs> really, like I'll attack you, like in terms of like I don't think you know that's true, or I disagree with that, or did you know this article? I'll I'll be sending out articles, or like did you guys read this? Um, so you know, I sometimes I'm trying to stir the pot. Sometimes I'm, you know, just being myself which is just uh, a jerk sometimes uh, <laughs> but yeah uh, if i can keep myself under control then usually the class is pretty good yeah i definitely really appreciate pavel too because i feel like i feel like sometimes um we'll get kind of abstract or kind of in the weeds um but then pavel will always like kind of bring it on home to be like oh, okay, so then what does this mean? What can we do to take action? Like, what's the point of talking about this if we're not going to change our actions after this? And, I mean, he was really the one who actually sat us down and was was like, guys, we should do something. And out of nowhere, he was like, oh, like, I have all this video equipment and recording equipment. Like, let's do something. And he kind of wanted to go with, like, a video series, which we didn't know too much about, but we kind of turned it into a podcast. Mm -hmm. And so we definitely need to get him on soon. Yes, please, Pavel, (laughs) if you're listening, we want you uh, here. We value your input Mm -hmm. on just everything. Mm -hmm. So if you're here and if you're a friend of Pavel, maybe send this his way, him his (laughs) way, and uh, let him know that we're sending him a love call. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, so I was, um, you know, I think it's great what your Sabbath school is doing. Cause it's, I think it's very different. Like it's very different than your traditional, like quarterly, uh, different than your traditional Bible study or whatever it is. Um, and you know, with Sabbath schools, like it's pretty standard to, to know which Sabbath school you go to as you're in school, right? Like you have your pre-K, you have your high school, you got your college, you have like, if you're in that grade, you're going to go to that Sabbath school. And, and when you, when you become an adult is that, is that gray area of like, you know, what Sabbath school do I join? And, you know, I'm curious, you know, about your Sabbath school and, and kind of what, you know, what do you specifically, like, I guess, provide or who is it catered towards? Um, is it catered towards younger people? Is it catered towards everybody? I think um, I think it's important to kind of 
you know, if you guys can talk about that, because maybe there's listeners here that don't come to Sabbath school, right? Just because maybe they don't know which Sabbath school to attend to, especially on virtual. It's a, mm-hmm. it's probably a lot more awkward that way because, you know, you know, walking into a room in person is pretty awkward, but I'm sure entering into a Zoom mm-hmm. call mm-hmm. where no one yeah. knows you is definitely way awkward. I, I mean, we see it all the time, right? After, after main worship, when... <laughs> when someone's like oh who are you (laughs) and then they got to explain to like 20 other boxes right like oh i'm just visiting right so um yeah if you guys could kind of you know share your thoughts on you know kind of who you know who this sabbath school is for or you know james maybe i know you did talk about kind of your your vision in it in the beginning but um but yeah if you guys can share about you know who just who's this catered for uh you know what what does this sabbath school provide that's different than, than the other adult, I guess, age Sabbath schools that we have in our church? I, I You know, before I guess um, I give my spiel, though, you know, the two people who come regularly, you know, I, oh, I'd love to hear, you know, what's your opinion on, like, mm. you know, who, like, who, who could you invite? Maybe that's the best question is, like, which one of your friends could you invite and you'd feel comfortable with that? Mm. Uh, you know, was it someone that's been church their whole life? Someone who's kind of not, you know, mm. what do you guys think? Well, I would, I would say anyone to be honest, because I feel like the issues that we talk about in class are pertinent to you, whether you are Christian or Catholic or Muslim or not religious at all. Cause we talk about a lot of broad things and I feel like literally anyone has a voice in those topics. Um, and they might bring a fresh per- perspective that all of us SDAs don't think about, you know? And to be honest, I would say if you're not SDA and you're listening to this, please come to our Sabbath school and share with us your perspective because we'd love to hear it. Um, we might be just be spouting our own nonsense to each other and might be neglecting your side. So please share that with us. Um, I would say also... If you don't feel comfortable talking either, I would say it's totally fine to come in and just listen. You know, you don't even have to turn your camera or your mic on. Just listen and see what's going on and listen to us um, talk about things. And maybe you'll feel more comfortable and be able to give your own input. Um, But I would say I honestly can't think of one group of people who wouldn't want to join. I mean, I agree with Derek in a lot of things but I also respectfully disagree in some things Mm -hmm. because again Derek and I are both the type of people who are willing to share and not always not always Uh for you Uh you know many a times for me (laughs) but I think it does take a certain willingness Mm. to participate that definitely makes it easier to transition into the Sabbath school, mm. right? And because a lot of the people that are currently in the Sabbath school right now, we feel comfortable with one another, one, because we've known each other for such a long time, but also two, we do have that willingness to speak and willingness to share mm. and be vulnerable with one another. Mm. Um, but for someone who is new or who maybe is not readily you know, willing to share aspects of their lives right away. Mm-hmm. I, I could see that being kind of a, a cause for hesitation. Mm-hmm. All right. So if I know the person very well to the point where I know that they make, they'll feel comfortable enough to share he, a couple things here and there, or if I know that they have opinions on specific issues then I would probably be more willing to share with them as opposed to someone who like I'm I don't exactly know where they stand on a lot of issues. I think that's something that mm. I would hesitate just, you know, throwing the net out for everyone. Mm, that's a good point. So I think uh, one of the other things is uh, regardless of participation, right? You can be a passive participant. Mm-hmm. Um, and by no means am I trying to get more people into the class because, um, you know, when I conducted a lot of times from my phone and I'm too lazy to zoom, like scoot over to the next screen to see who's there. So sometimes I just forget there's like other, other people on the next screen or two screens and I never call on them. So it's definitely not to try to get you in there. But, you know, if you're looking for a perspective based on just like not out of the book, yeah. you know, like 
uh, I went to school for religion and theology, uh, even though that's not really my job, right? And mm-hmm. so I feel like, you know, I've seen things broken down into the bits and pieces. Um, but then also, uh, you know, I don't, I see where people struggle with like, well, what does that mean for me in my life? Like, how do I utilize that? How, mm-hmm. how do I utilize these bits and pieces? So I think the class is more for people that are wondering how other people are doing it and mm-hmm. maybe want to like soundboard. Cause you know, <clears throat> uh, I think the type of people I have the most difficult time breaking through to are people who sat at a seminar somewhere else. It was like, this guy didn't say it like that. That guy didn't mean it like that. Right. And they never really like, you know, soundboarded it out for themselves, like whether through, whatever, you know, reading or meditation or thought or prayer or whatever method you do to gain more consciousness about, you know, topics or, you know, spirituality or yourself or whatever. And so, you know, the class is made for people to break out of that mold, Mm. right? Because, you know, rote learning is important, right? Like Mm. looking into a study guide and saying, well, here are the basics, right? Uh, That's very important. But then also to be able to say, well, I want to use it like this in my life. How does that apply and i i feel like those are the questions that we want to ask and you know i'm like i'm not touting that i am the person to do that for you i guess what i'm saying Mm -hmm. is you know we all need a space to do that and um i think me more than anyone else has learned from being in the class about how people feel and how they approach things and to me that's that's the type of learning i need is Mm -hmm. like how do different people think differently Right. Mm-hmm. Not wrongly or right, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. just how, how do they approach it and why did they approach it that way? And that's something that, you know, I I would need to learn for the rest of my life really to get a handle on. So mm-hmm. uh, I I feel like it's built for that type of person, whoever it is, passive or not. Um, yeah. You know, uh, come with your basic knowledge, your advanced knowledge. It doesn't really matter. Right. Because how you apply it, like someone could watch 40 million youtube vids on how to shoot a basketball right but like this class is about (laughs) shooting the basketball right Mm. let's shoot the basketball and see because that person could be great or horrible like you don't you don't know like someone who's never been trained could be great at interpreting things into their lives so yeah i think that's who the class is for and the point of the class is you know to try to um kind of build up the confidence to be able to express those feelings not just in the class, but outside the class as well. Definitely a sociological aspect. If you're someone who likes, like me, likes thinking about all of the intricacies of the world and all of the different aspects of your of your life mm. affecting you and your thoughts and your being, I feel like this is such a great space for that. Because like James said, you see all of the different factors of life contributing to how someone thinks or how someone views a certain topic. And I think it also teaches you how to respect that, not just to acknowledge it, but also be like, because, you know, like you, I think one of the issues with communication, and I don't really want to sound like the old fart. Um, You know, (laughs) I I still think I'm young and hip, right? But I feel like one of the issues is like, I don't know if you guys watched the first presidential debate, and, you know, I, this might be controversial for me to say this, but uh, I feel, and again, if we get, if you guys get canceled because of me, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll take you guys out for dinner. But, I hope our own church doesn't cancel us. That would be yeah. But, but, you know, the way that the president was talking, you know what I said to myself, and I think I said it to Jeannie, is like, he sounds like someone who's never been threatened to get punched in the face for saying something wrong in public. Like, mm-hmm. If I had a dollar for every time someone threatened to beat me up for saying something when I was in grade school or, you know, high school or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's how I learned to navigate the world is like, okay, let me not get beat up. Let me not get into a fight for something dumb I say, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because I shouldn't be saying that. And I felt like in this, uh, in the year of 2020, everyone is apart and all anyone can do is just like sling hyperbole on their internet. And I feel like you can never really understand someone. Like, if you go on Facebook, like, I've had to tell many friends on Facebook, like, why are you engaging with this other person? 
Like, why are you trying to mm-hmm. talk to them, explain to them? They're just trolling you. Because if mm-hmm. they wanted to have their minds changed, they, they wouldn't be on Facebook arguing you like mm-hmm. about some something like protesters versus rioters. Or, you know, if people really want to know, they don't need to go on Facebook. So I, I really feel like um, in communicating with somebody, you know, even if it's over the Internet, you know, you can see their face, you can hear their voice. And to be able to come to a heated disagreement, but also be like, hey, I appreciate even ha- being able to have this discussion. Mm. Like, I, I think to respect that person um, for being able to stand up for whatever you might think is wrong. But, mm. you know, I think that's huge. And I feel like that's, uh, you know, I, I'll never say, but that might actually be the point of the class more than anything else, too. It's just to be able to disagree and walk away being friends at, or, you know, having grown closer together. Well, going off of that, I something I kind of wanted to ask you about today is, I guess, just how do you form your own opinions and gather information? Because I feel like, especially with the upcoming election, I keep getting so many targeted ads and so many posts on Facebook. Someone's telling me, oh, um, Uber drivers want want insurance. Yeah. Other people, oh, Uber drivers want to be uh, independent contractors. All these different props um, that are being thrown my way and I'm seeing all the different sides. And I feel like in the back, there's always like, oh, backed by like the, these big corporations or like, oh, these um, dialysis props are backed by like DaVita and the big corporations. And so it's like, I really don't know what to believe. And even when I try to check my sources, I'm like, I don't know if my sources are reliable. Um, so what's kind of the process that you take when trying to dive deep into a topic and trying to understand um, really the, the underground parts of an issue and how to, how to approach that? I think it's the easiest, obviously, if you have a personal experience, Mm. right? Like if I was a person that's getting dialysis, Mm. you know, I I feel like I would have a certain point of view, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And I don't want to start, I I don't want to point anyone anyway on this podcast to Mm -hmm. obviously vote for this or vote for that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I think, you know, just to preface that some people might be like, why the heck do you care, right? And and California is one of the few states that let you vote for you know legislation like directly democratically right and whether better or for worse sometimes i think it's for worse Mm -hmm. because extra money gets wasted trying to figure out these props and you know put that money out there Uh, you know uber spent like almost 200 million Mm dollars uber lyft whatever instacart trying to get prop 22 out there so Mm -hmm. i think you know for people to say who cares i mean these are things that will directly affect somebody Mm -hmm. right and for a person to sit in the position of a, a privilege where these affect nothing in your life, like that's privilege, mm. right? Like it, I'm not an Uber driver. I don't do Instacart. You know, I make, I make a salaried amount of money every year, mm. however little that may be. I'm privileged not have to deal with that. And to be honest, if my Uber fares double, I could still afford that because mm. I don't take it very often, right? So to preface everything, like for people who don't care, it's like, I'm not trying to guilt anyone. I'm not trying to tell anyone you need to vote, but just think about the privilege that you have and not even needing to care for any of these props or, you know, your state assembly person, any of these elections, you don't really care because it doesn't, you feel like it doesn't affect you on a day-to-day basis. You know, I, I re I urge that person to reconsider, right? Because, um, it may not be like 1930s Germany, but, um, you know, there's that old adage like, you know, first they came for this group of people, next they, and I was silent. Next they came for this other group of people, and I was silent. And next they came for me, and there was nobody to speak. And I feel like with voting, it's always going to be like that. So, you know, if you're not a, uh undocumented immigrant and let's say a prop has nothing to do with you, like, I don't really care about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, think about the privilege you have and not having to care about it because it doesn't affect you. So I think that's been my number one thought when I go into even thinking about how do I gain knowledge is to try to take it seriously because it affects somebody, Mm. right? Because some people just may do whatever, you know, like a Scantron, like A, B, A, B, A, B, because, you know, they just want (laughs) to vote for the president and that's it, (laughs) right? And so, um, you know, like in terms of resources as well, um, you know, I, I try to, just read the newspapers um you know they'll 
a lot of newspapers will endorse both candidates and certain propositions, right? And I'm going to just say it's nearly impossible to break down every single prop Mm. to be like prop 15 is like this, prop 16 is like that. Like uh, prop 16, they're trying to get Asians because it's to repeal uh, the cancellation of affirmative action. That's what um, that proposition does. And a lot of people, a lot of Asians who may or may not be, you know, in the know are like, well, this goes against Asians. Asians will not benefit from this. Asians need to vote against Prop 16 because it's going to be harder for us. Like, uh, I remember back in the day, like some students at Berkeley were like, oh, you know, everyone gets a cupcake, but you guys all have to pay different amounts. Right. And like white students pay a dollar. Asians, you got to pay a dollar fifteen. Black students, you pay 70 cents or whatever, right? And then I was like, even then I was like, oh, that's totally wrong. But um, yeah, like when you look at it, it's just hard because they're trying to gun for you. Like they, these people are smart. They know how to gun for you and try to get you to vote with your heart in a lot of times uh, without thinking about it. So um, I would say, you know, look, read your newspapers, you know, look at where the funding source is coming from. Because let's say I knew nothing about Prop 22 which is, um, you know, uh, re- it's to repeal um, Assembly Bill 5, which co- it classifies um, these gig economy workers as employees rather than contractors because, you know, Uber tells them what to do, when to do it, how to do it. Uh, that's not really a contractor, mm-hmm. right? A contractor is like, tells you, hey, I'm going to come in. Here's the bid. I'm going to do this, this, and this, and you'll owe me this much for that. Is that Okay. And you agree on it. And, you know, um, if you caught me on the street, I'd be like, okay, maybe Uber drivers are somewhere in between. I don't know. But, you know, they deserve a uh, firm wage. And, you know, if they're working full time in it, they deserve benefits. Um, but, yeah, I just try to look at the funding source. And if I, if you look, if you go to Ballotpedia, it kind of breaks down, like, the supporting contributions and the opposing contributions. And you see that. Uh, you know, Uber, Lyft, and Instacart have poured in basically $184 million. And the opposing contributions are $10 million, (laughs) right? And they got like mothers against drunk driving against it and like, or, or, you know, supporting Prop 22 to repeal AB5. And like, anyways, before we get lost in the weeds, I think, you know, the money usually speaks pretty loudly, Mm. right? And the problem with America has been, you know, all this like, uh, untracked money into packs, super packs, where that you don't even know what they're spending, and really who is supposed to be for, um, until they spend it, right? So, uh, yeah, try to track the money, um, try to read the newspapers, uh, and as Christians, I think, yeah, I feel like the burden should be higher for us to vote appropriately mm-hmm. for this, because like the, it's funny we'll we'll spend our time trying to feed one or two people on the street. And then we'll vote incorrectly for a bill that could feed like school age children for the next 10 years or something. Mm-hmm. Right. That's basically what a Christian is in terms of voting it is like you shoot yourself in the foot and then, and then we'll be like, Oh, it's no problem. The church will take care of it for you guys. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, we can't, we really can't because th- there's millions of children out there. We just can't, we'll try, but we'll, we'll fail doing it. Whereas we could have just voted correctly on uh, another prop and it would have worked out. So, um, yeah, I know it's kind of dry, but you know, in terms of checking all your sources, uh, read as much as you can. And in terms of, you know, can I trust the source or not? Uh, don't trust any source that is not sourced from something that's factual. Meaning, like, uh, if you hear something on Facebook, uh, I'm gonna say if it doesn't have a source, right? Like, if it's saying like Hillary Clinton sex traffic ring at pizza parlor, <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's not a real source, right? Um, you know, take that with a grain of salt, right? Because um, I'm not saying she's un- not capable of doing that. I'm just saying, uh-huh. where's the evidence, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, I try to do a lot of that. And, you know, I my parents would, like, tell me, like, stuff about what they think the government's doing. And I always ask them, did you hear that from a, another older Korean person? Because uh-huh. I would negate that information right away. Like, never uh-huh. listen to another older Korean person. So I feel like there's pockets of people... <laughs> that um information is it's like playing telephone right mm. uh, like or like 
even worse is like telephone charades, right? Ooh. It becomes a miscommunication immediately. So mm. um, yeah, I try to get first person sourcing, uh, but really, I mean, people just have to care about it. If you care about it, you'll figure a way out. That, that's how I feel about it. But how do you get people to care about it? And the thing is something that you said that caught my attention was like, you know, you have to get through like all the weeds sometimes and all the verbiage. And that's something that I get caught up in. There's just so much wording and misguiding a lot of times, whether because I misinterpreted something, I misread something, or it's deliberately stated in a way that's supposed to confuse me and make me some think some way. I think because of a lot of those things, I feel like intimidated and I just don't even want to deal with it. And I don't want to put in the effort sometimes to educate myself and find the facts and the, the resources to understand what it is. And I feel like maybe it's, maybe that's the thing for my generation. Maybe that's what it is. We don't value it enough. We don't care about the situation enough to look past those things and vote. And I know that's something for me. I mean, I personally um, am not in a position where I can vote, um, but just looking at the whole process, that's definitely something where I'm just like, oi, 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 what does that mean? Yeah, this, I, all this is what? And I feel you on that because um, I, I shared this in Sabbath school, but uh, we were on our way into the Sierra foothills to go to an apple orchard a couple of months back, me and my parents and, you know, uh, my wife and our dog, we're going to go not maybe pick some apples, just, you know, get some apple cider and get some apple pie and chill, you know, like uh, real OG American stuff, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're heading up there and it's like, there's a truck and it says, Trump 2020, F your feelings. Like the flag is bigger than the truck, right? (laughs) And it's like, I'm used to that. Like I, I grew up driving around rural Northern California. So, you know, people know that it's uh, rural California is the most racist place on earth, uh, to be honest. Right? Anyone f- listening from rural Northern California, um, sorry, I, I don't know. Like, send me your se- send me your hate mail on your Confederate flags if you like. But sorry, you guys are really getting canceled now. Um, but anyways, we're driving up there, and my dad's in the passenger seat. This is what he says to me: "It's like, hey, so do you think you can get me a mail-in ballot?" He had never voted a single day in his life in the US. Hmm. He had been here for four, 32 years. Yeah. Wow. 32 years. Never voted for anything because, I don't know, he don't understand nothing like hmm. in English. You know, hmm. he's like, I don't understand these things enough. But at, at that point, it became personal enough to him where he's like, hmm. I need to vote because wow. otherwise I can't complain about this darn flag. Wow. Right? And I was like, oh, like you're, you're being for real. And then, I don't know why he didn't include my mom, but like a couple of weeks ago, he's like, Hey, can you send your mom one too? And I was like, okay, I, you, all right, I'll do that. All right. So, you know, to make it personal for someone really, there's no other way for anyone to, there's no reason for someone to vote unless it's personal for them or um, someone they know, or, uh, you know, like even if none of the uh, voting affects them, like in a actual personal way uh, for them to be personally involved, they have to feel personal about it. Cause I mean, to be honest, like uh, voting doesn't get rid of that flag really. Mm-hmm. Right. People are just going to be more salty. So they're going to have other flags. My dad can't avoid that, but he felt like uh, either I do something about it or I need to shut up about it. And I, mm-hmm. I think that hit me hard. Like I was like, Oh, I better make sure I get my ballot in the mail, like correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and make sure that, uh, you know, that it gets to my address. And so, I, I mean, I have no other way for, unless like you're a billionaire and it's going to affect you or like, you know, mm. you need like insulin that's going to affect you. Like for people who are like not suffering, not having, you know, major issues because of legislation, um, you know, we need to feel a certain way for the people who are affected for it to be personal to us. So, you know, I know several people who are, um, not several, many people who are affected by dialysis. And, you know, uh, 
I worry like if something happens at the facility, is there going to be a doctor or is there a need for that? Like I'm not, I'm not sure on the facts to be honest. After mm. reading everything, like because there's always going to be pluses and minuses to every uh, piece of legislation and candidate. Um, but again, you know, I look at Prop 23 for dialysis, and it's like, like Derek was saying, like 93 million dollars, and it was paid by the people who the do the dialysis to say that we don't want to have a higher level of care for our patients. Like, you know, maybe hundred million is a drop in the bucket, but you, I feel like you could have spent that on doctors being on <laughs> yeah. call and you would have saved yourself a pretty penny maybe. Right. So it's like, uh, but anyways, yeah, like I know a lot of people like that's who I work for and with is people who get dialysis. So I'm worried all the time about mm. what's going to happen. Um, mm. And then there's the other side where I'm like, well, so far nothing's happened to anyone that I'm working with. Mm -hmm. And so I need to try to take a wider view and try yeah. to get a different perspective. But yeah, mm -hmm. um, you know, like, I, you know, I wish there was a way for that guy with the F your feeling sign to know that his sign directly contributed to votes against his party. <laughs> 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 Who knows how many other people are voting literally because they saw his sign. <laughs> Which is funny because if you're smart, that's not really what you put out there, right? If you're smart, it's like, let's yeah. come together. Like we have better platforms or we have better policies, but for someone to be like, you know, I don't care what you think and I'm going to, you know, I support this and yeah. F you on top of that is like, oh, okay. I mean, I guess we, we disagree then. So <laughs> I, I will make sure I vote. So I think that's, that's unfortunate. But I mean, if you have a flag that says that, no one's like, ooh, he thought that one through many times, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's very hard to kind of, I think what Rachel said, it's a struggle, I guess, maybe for our generation. But I think maybe this whole like quarantine pandemic and, you know, everything that's happened has really struck a chord with our age group to really be, you know, super gung ho and vote and stuff like that. Um, but I really loved what you said, James, about, you know, like our privilege and um, acknowledging that there are people that, um, you know, who are affected that maybe don't have a voice to 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 ch to make change right but we have that privilege to to make some sort of change and i think a lot of people always talk about how maybe like maybe their vote doesn't count or maybe um you know like you said like they just do a b a b like i used to do mm -hmm. like i did on my sats and stuff like that you know? <laughs> you know and and they just vote for the president and stuff like that but i think you know and as Christians, too, you know, we always say, like, oh, we don't want to get in politics and all that stuff. But I think when you put in perspective of having that privilege, um, helping those, helping the helpless, right? Helping those who maybe don't have um, the voice, who don't have the, the ability to vote um, to make that change. But, you know, for all of us who are fortunate to do that, um, why not take on the opportunity? Right? Why not? Um, be a voice why not be that helping hand right jesus you know we always read in the bible about jesus saying to help the helpless right help those who are in need like you know who where were you when i was asking for you know something to eat mm -hmm. and i think you know a lot of times as christians we become selfish in ways that saying like oh i'm not gonna vote like it doesn't help me but um instead of looking at the big picture of how can we help our fellow brother and sister that maybe doesn't have the ability to do that to make change and I, I you know i loved what you said and and hopefully throughout all the other talks of different props and stuff people really got to hone in on that message mm. right that you know being able to vote is more so than just choosing which prop or uh deciding the presidency but really being a voice uh or and, and being that uh, having that ability to help out those who uh, don't have that opportunity uh, but James, thanks so much for being on. We really do appreciate it. Uh, hopefully all our listeners do appreciate it as well. Uh, it was so good to kind of hear, you know, just really about your Sabbath school or I guess the Sabbath school that you are a part of. <laughs> and it was great to hear about, you know, just the insights of it, you know, what it's all about. And hopefully, you know, I know you say that you're too lazy to scroll through the different faces, but hopefully people do decide to come and check it out. <laughs> Um, whether you see them or not, <laughs> and maybe they can hopefully become a part of that community as well. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening. We do appreciate it. If you are interested to join our podcast, uh, we will gladly accept your um, 
you're asking of it. Uh, you know, we do ask a lot of people and we do get it rejected a lot. So <laughs> just want to throw that out there. Just want to throw that out there. We do get rejected quite often. So if you do want to be a part of this, don't hesitate to ask. Be a part of the conversation. We would love to have you on. But thank you so much again. You can listen to us everywhere. You can listen to us on our website. Um, I think it's anchor.fm slash non-podcast. Or you can listen to us on all platforms. Just type in niche on niche. But thank you again so much. Have a good week, weekend, uh, evening, morning, whenever you're listening to this. But thank you so much. Have a good time. (laughs) Stay blessed. (laughs) Thank you.